Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, male pattern hair loss is something that over 80% of men will experience in their lifetime. For some, it can be embarrassing. Others own it like a boss. Yet, despite being so widespread, we don't really know why it happens. And that means for most people, it's still really impossible to treat despite what some videos might tell you on TikTok. Uh, Here to talk about it is Dr. Claire Higgins, reader in tissue regeneration from the Faculty of Engineering in the Department of Bioengineering of Imperial College London. Uh, Claire, welcome to the programme. Let's start off, as I always do in this programme, with really basic stuff. How does hair grow? Um, So actually, it's a bit of a misnomer people just assume that hair grows and then when you cut it it dictates the length of of hair on different body sites but hair actually grows in continuous cycles um, of anagen catagen and telogen so anagen is the growth phase where the hair follicle is actively producing a hair fiber and then it goes into this regression state catagen and a resting state telogen and at the end of telogen the hair fiber is shed from the follicle and the follicle goes back into anagen And it's actually the length of that cycle that dictates hair length on different body sites. So, for example, on your eyebrows, anagen is around two months long. Hair on your head usually grows for four or five years in anagen uh, before going into the catagen and telogen uh, regressive and resting stages. Uh, You said a cycle. Does that mean it goes back to the beginning of that cycle again? Or is it a a, a one, like if I I were to leave my eyebrows to grow... (laughs) grow would they eventually be as long as um uh, christina aguilera's hair as long as they her hair used to be i think she's short no you don't have to continuously (laughs) trim your eyebrows they it goes back to the beginning again um so it, it just continuously regenerates degenerates throughout its lifetime and actually that's one of the reasons i find hair really amazing it's my favorite subject to talk about um because it's a like regenerative organ as humans when we injure ourselves we our tissues heal through reparative processes repair processes essentially and we get scars the hair follicle is the only uh, mini organ or organ in humans that continuously degenerates and regenerates throughout its lifetime without forming a scar uh, so it's got amazing regenerative potential which is one of the reasons we're interested in it but to answer your question it, it goes back to the beginning again starts a new cycle, starts producing a new hair fiber, and then, you know, on your eyebrow two months later, that hair fiber will be shed and it will go back to square one again. Okay, so so that hair will just eventually just fall out is what you're saying? Yeah, it's, a, it's shed in a process known as exogen, um, okay. where the hair fiber is expelled, but the hair follicle remains in your skin and the hair follicle then starts producing a new hair fiber. Okay, and so what's going on with baldness then why what's what's wrong with that process in baldness so there's a couple of things that are happening with male pattern hair loss um the first is that we there's an increase in genes in the hair follicle that leads to acceleration of the cycle so follicles spend long less time in the growth stage and more time in the resting stage right Um, but we also get a dimensional reduction in the size of the hair follicle um so they, they don't actually stop producing a hair. They just produce really, really tiny hairs. And then they go through the cycle, but they're just producing really tiny hairs for very short amounts of time. Like sort of fuzzy hair? Because yes, I mean, they're uh, essentially tiny, yeah. vellus, fuzzy, peach fuzz kind of hairs. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, that there are different types of hair, right? And, or, or are they all the same thing, but just it depends on the follicle. Like pubic hair is obviously very different to the hair on your head. Is it? Um, well, in, in humans, we actually own, there's only two types of hair, even though there, there's clearly lots of different types of hairs, but um, people only categorize them into two types of hair. There's terminal hairs, which are the big pigmented hairs that you see. So pubic hair would come under terminal hair. And then there's vellus hairs, which are, which cover your body. Like your face is covered in vellus hairs. Uh, your nose is covered in hairs, but you just don't see them because they're so tiny. And essentially a male pattern hair loss, the terminal hairs turn into vellus hairs. Right, okay. Um, but, People but, assume hair is lost, but it's just become It's miniaturized because of the, it. right. Like in terms of texture and even the way they look, pubic hairs are different to hairs on their head. Are, are they, I mean, am I going crazy? Are they, are they not, they are different things, are they? Yeah, I mean, they are, they are different. Um, from a terminology standpoint, they're called terminal hairs and that doesn't matter what body site that is. I mean, hair on your beard is... Um, also probably about twice as thick um, as hair on your head and you can also have curly hair or straight hair white hair actually grows faster than um, pigmented hair hmm. um, and, and do, do we know why our beard hair is thicker than our head hair um, we know some of the reasons why so at the base of the hair follicle there's this structure known as the dermal papilla and the width of the dermal papilla dictates the thickness of the hair fiber that is produced by the follicle. And in beard hairs, they have really, really large dermal papilla. Yeah, and I suppose evolutionary biologists can go nuts on, on why they think that is. But um, it, it, it's, that's mechanically why it is the way it is. So what about um, alopecia or a female baldness? Um, you talked about testosterone when you talk about male baldness. Is that uh, the same is it estrogen that's driving um, female baldness or what is the reason? Um, female pattern hair loss is a lot more complicated. The pattern is quite different and there's uh, not very much research that has uh, looked at female pattern hair loss. In male pattern hair loss, you only have kind of frontal involvement in, in terms of the pattern of the hair loss, uh, whereas female pattern hair loss, uh, you, you have quite a different pattern. You get this Christmas tree pattern of hair loss on the top of the scalp and you can also have occipital involvement. Some cases is due to, you know, elevated testosterone levels, um, but it's far more complicated. And right. we don't know that much about male pattern hair loss. We know even less about female pattern. Why is the, why are the different shapes of baldness um, on men? I mean, you know, the sort of monk's head is, is, is often the first sign that uh, someone's gonna be a victim of baldness in the future. Is, is, I mean, it's hardly a high concentration area of testosterone, is it? Um, so no one's really looked at the pattern, uh, which is one of the things we're, we're quite interested. Most of the research that has been conducted into male pattern hair loss has looked at the cycle and exchanging, you know, the duration of anagen and telogen or the miniaturization process. But as you say, like there's such a clear pattern of hair loss and, um, our hypothesis is that the developmental origins of the hair follicle actually can influence the pattern of hair loss later in life. Uh, are you saying that um, we are destined or doomed to be bald from our embryonic state? Um, not that we're destined to be bald, but if we do end up going bald, I think the embryonic 
state or the patterns that occur during embryonic development can affect the pattern of hair loss that we see in later life. Uh, so what's the theory at the moment? Is it some sort of, uh, is, it, is it damage or is it a genetic thing? Or what's the, what's the theory as to why we have baldness in the first place? It is something that I suppose plagues so many men that there's, you know, a fortune to be made if someone can solve it. And yet it's still one of those things that sort of eludes us. There are, are there any treatments that can prevent this miniaturization of the follicle that causes male baldness that you're talking about? So there's a few treatments out there, uh, but they're all preventative. There's nothing that actually reverses male pattern hair loss. Mm. Uh, so there's things like Rogaine. Uh, which keep follicles in the growth state for longer. They, it stops them cycling, and so they don't miniaturize. Um, but you have to take those treatments before you start losing hair, and then it just keeps your hair. It, it stops it from miniaturizing. Um, there's no treatments on the market that can reverse hair loss other than hair transplantation. Yeah. Um, if you ha- had a gut, what would you say our best shot at at curing male pattern baldness might be? So I think it comes back to the pattern. Um, I I think follicles that miniaturize on the frontal scalp are different from follicles that are on the occipital scalp. And I think that actually follicles on the occipital scalp are almost protected. So I think if we can learn why certain follicles respond differently to say circulating testosterone and certain ones miniaturize, uh, then we can just target, you know, miniaturizing follicles or confer whatever is protecting follicles that don't miniaturize to those follicles. And then we can stop them from miniaturizing. But I think it all goes back to the pattern. And is that something that you're actively researching at the moment? Like, how do you experimentally work on that theory? Um So we're trying to find out what the genetic differences between follicles which can miniaturize and follicles which don't miniaturize are. Um, And we're also looking at like gene variants um, and expression of variants between miniaturizing and non-miniaturizing follicles. So yes, it's something we are um, working on at the moment, yeah. When when we look at um, other animals, obviously fur uh, seems very different to us. Is is there, um a mechanical reason for that i mean it, it, presumably it's it's similar in how it's formed um but fur can be very different to, to human hair why is that uh, it all depends on the species i did see a, um, a really interesting talk which was about cat fur and uh, the shape of the fiber that is produced uh, in cat fur is not kind of symmetrical like human hair is and it was uh, so the fiber would actually catch saliva when the cat was grooming itself Wow. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's so many differences with different animals. We see a pattern when it comes to, to baldness, both in, in men and women. Uh, what is that pattern and what does it tell us? We, we think it's related to the developmental origin of the hair follicle on different locations of the body. So actually during or after fertilization, the embryo is just a clump of cells and they're all kind of indistinguishable from one another. But then there's a process known as gastrulation during development that leads to these this, this cluster of cells becoming three different lineages endoderm ectoderm and mesoderm and each of these lineages will become one tissue type in the body so if we then look in the adult in the human scalp um, or on human skin um, the top layer of skin is known as the epidermis 
and irregardless of body site, that comes from the ectoderm lineage. So right. all the cells in the top layer of the skin come from the ectoderm. The skin dermis, which is the layer beneath this top layer of skin, uh, is a little bit of an enigma, and it depends on the location on the body. So on the face, hmm. the dermis is from the ectoderm, but on the body, it's from the mesoderm. So there's two different origins of the skin dermis. Right. And lineage tracing in, you know, chicks and, and mice has clearly defined this in animals. But because our anatomy is different, it's a bit different. It's a bit difficult to, you know, translate that lineage tracing to humans. So the top of the head, which is where male pattern hair loss occurs, um, we don't know the origin of that. We don't know if that's kind of a continuation of the face and it's ectoderm derived or whether it's a continuation of the body and it's mesoderm derived. Ah, and okay. I, I didn't realize that. This, we, we don't know where it's from, but I, I think it's different than the back of the head, which is not, which does not undergo a miniaturization. But we think if miniaturization is going to occur, then follicles, which have a ectoderm, lineage um maybe are more susceptible to inducers of miniaturization well as always really interesting dr claire higgins um from imperial college london thanks very much for your time thank you very much future proof extra with jonathan mccrae proudly supported by science foundation ireland on news talk